This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg. I'm Gary Hertzberg, and this is The Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokutlela. Welcome, Lions. Dumela, Gary, and Dumela to our podcasters. Yeah, Lions, today's show is about male circumcision. Of all, mm. of all topics. Mm. I uh, like it. Yeah, according to reports lines, thousands of South African boys undergo circumcision as a prerequisite for becoming a man. Mm. And this is across several different cultures, as you know better than I do. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the controversial movie, Ingleba, the Hoont, has brought this uh, to the attention of the world, after all. Second, male circumcision is something that is really, really serious. Yeah, that movie sparked... Uh, Tremendous outrage, lines as you know. Yeah, but I don't think it was more about the the circumcision itself. I think it was more about the gay scene more than anything else. Because mm. mm, yeah. what you saw in the movie and what actually happens at the school. Too have you seen the movie? Yes, I have. I couldn't get my hands on it. I tried to, but it's off off circuit, or um, I, I couldn't <laughs> couldn't see it. Anymore. I'll 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 fix you. I'll cool. sort you out. No, I mean what, what happens in the movie and what actually happens in real life. Those oh. are two totally different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm speaking from experience and also from the experience of the movie itself. Totally, totally different. Mm. Mm. Okay, lines. Last year, the Department of Traditional Affairs tabled a bill. Mm-hmm. Which is known as the custom, customary initiation bill. And this is gonna, they intend to, to regulate the entire practice of initiation. Which and is initiation good. schools. But, um, the public was invited to comment. Uh, we're gonna talk about what the reaction was. Traditional leaders were up in arms and so on. Mm. We have a real expert on the law side today. Joining us is a man called Dianera Kaufman. He's an LLB. And he's the former legal research officer of the Black Lawyers Association. A very warm welcome to you. Hi, thank you for having me. Good. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. come right <laughs> forward. Yeah, Lines, for uh, yeah, good. Our Twitter handle, Lines, you want to do that one? It's Hedslaw, H-E-R-Z. Oh my oh, goodness, what's he's happened? He's been doing this for, for, for four <laughs> years. Yeah, but I'm like, okay, I'm thinking of better. circumcision. Now. <laughs> okay, H-E-R-Z. T-Z-L-A-W That's at Head's Law Yeah And you'll give us the our The Facebook page yes. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg Certainly Lines uh, Our partner today is Legal Talk South Africa And they have as you know 181 plus thousand yeah. members Yeah No we've reached yeah. the 180,000 numbers And mm. if any of you want us to talk about a subject matter that you feel strongly about, you can actually do so by touching base on uh, any of the platforms that we actually have uh, given you information on. And we'll make it upon that we find a specialist who's going to talk about the subject matter in a manner that you would understand it. Cool. Yeah. Lance, <clears throat> we know that thousands of boys, some as young as 12, go to traditional initiation schools and circumcisions take place there mm-hmm. with, uh, the, according to reports, with surgical blades or knives. And often these circumcisions are botched. And uh, these are, you know, the, these reports are, seem to be verified. Yes. Uh, there are reports even of penile amputations and deaths, a large that. number of them. 
The person in studio today has written, and that's where I got hold of De Niro, he's written a brilliant article in the attorney's magazine De Rebus under the banner, Is Cultural Male Circumcision Compatible with International Human Rights? Hmm. That's a yeah. brilliant question. It is. Talk to us, okay. De Niro Kaufman. <laughs> what made you write this article? Well, it actually it actually started when I was doing my a semester abroad last year uh, in the Netherlands, and we got this. I did children's rights as a module, mm. and we got this topic on male circumcision. And I was like, this is the perfect uh, platform for me to actually do more research and actually find out myself being a South African. Because when I like address this issue, or when I express that this actually happens, cultural male circumcision mm-hmm. is a thing in South Africa to my European counterparts, they were like shocked. And I thought to myself, why is there not enough information? Why it shouldn't be a shock, you know, we should there should really be enough information at, at disposal of people to say, okay, this is a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be that I mean medical male circumcision is it's an accepted norm throughout societies. And I actually had a conversation with my colleague the other day to say, so, cause he was of the opinion that no, you should get circumcised when you're an infant. Yeah. And this is also really what I centered my, the legal basis of, of this article around that. I mean, an infant can't give consent to anything. And what, what makes Cultural male circumcision, which I argue in the article, mm. uh, and just to correct, I'm no expert in, in the field of law, but what I do argue in the article is that cultural male circumcision is in fact more in line with international children's rights than infant male circumcision because it provides the child the right to express their views as held in Article 12 of the Convention on the Rights of the Child. The child can actually express their views. And if they are of a mature age, which it doesn't provide a specific age in particular, but if you can say that this child is mature, you know, based on his views and based on actions, they should be allowed the right to participate in cultural life, as in Article 31. Okay, we'll go into the law in a little more detail. Let's just talk about, I mean, the movie that I haven't seen uh, has given, uh, brought this very issue to light. Um, if I may, I mean, I've been researching this and I found it very, very interesting. There's, there's very strong support for initiation schools right now, mm-hmm. despite the deaths that are happening all the time to, to the people that go through all of this. According to a report in Huffington Post, the number of deaths at initiation schools by year, and I'll give you the last three years, listen to this one, Lines. Mm. Uh, in December 2015, 46 initiates died. Eighth of December 2016, 31, and December 2017, 17 wow. died well, as a result. Yeah, that's as a, a result lot. of these circumcision botched and and and, and the main causes of the, of the death apparently septicemia and gangrene and all that stuff that shouldn't really happen to our people. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there's a wonderful website, and people that are really interested in this topic will want to look at it. It's Urwaluko. Urwaluko. What's yeah. the exact translation of that? Love? I think it's a Kosa word that mm. means uh, initiation. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, we call it, um, uh, what, what is it called in our culture? Uh, you know, if you don't get initiated, they call it Lishoboru, as I mean. Um, You're a boy. 
Yes. You still a boy? Yes. In closer, it's in Kwenkwe. In Kwenkwe, yeah. I read on that website line, they said yes. the traditional surgeon either pulls the foreskin or stretches it over his thumb, after which he cuts it. And uh, often the foreskin is chopped rather than excised, resulting in a higher number of surgical complications. Now, mm. I, I, you know, I've got to be very careful because this is according to that website. Yes. Uh, what's your experience on this one, Lance? Um, you know, okay, first and foremost, let me just put this disclaimer. I can't really speak a lot about the exact things that actually happened there mm. uh, because it's very secret. But what actually happens is that you do find the uh, principal who's actually going to take care of uh, the ceremony and he will actually have supporting uh, staff who are actually going to make sure that people don't necessarily bleed to death and so forth. But uh, in so, uh, I mean, currently we have seen... Uh, Quite a number of uh, your Western uh, doctors actually coming to see if people are actually healing properly. Uh, just to give you a, a our states where I went, uh, there were about uh, 950 of us. No one actually died. Uh, the funny enough uh, thing about it, and the youngest was actually about six years old. So, of so age. you you had your you had your circumcision there? Yes. Really? Yes. By what a traditional person or? Yes, or it was a traditional person. I call them for, men for, of sage. For, for, forgive me for being uh, graphic, but what did he use to 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 ex to cut it? No, it's a it's a menorah uh, razor blade. And and anesthetic? What did they use? <laughs> How old were you then? Like? Um, you, you you know I can't really because they use their traditional medication. Mm. Funny enough, uh, is there's a ritual that actually happens before you get into the initiation school. So as somebody who's coming, you'd be dressed up. Then obviously you would need to take off your clothes. There's a place where you need to be. And then they do their ceremony there. Then you move to the next phase. From the next phase, that's when you get to be blessed into the initiation school. And um you asked me how old. I don't really. Um, oh, were you a boy or a yeah, man, well, yeah. I was a man. I will call myself well, over a man. eighteen, or um, yes, yeah, I was over eighteen. Yeah, you did this freely and voluntarily. I, I no volunteered. One, no one put pressure on mm. you, saying that you're a, you know, you're a boy. If you don't do it, you want to be a man. I mean, was there peer pressure on none, you? None, none whatsoever. And why? Why would you have done it that way and not gone to a, a hospital or a clinic or to a doctor? I had I, I had issues uh, first and foremost with regard to uh, my own spirituality with regard to culture mm-hmm. for, for, for for per se uh, and I just wanted to really experience the cultural aspect of it because when you are there there are certain things that you learn that you never learn outside the school mm-hmm. and the lessons that you get to be taught uh, in the initiation school they were very profound for me uh, as someone who actually have never experienced something of that nature mm-hmm. so I really wanted to go for that experience but funny enough is I had actually spoke I, I had told my family that I actually want to go do it mm-hmm. and they told me it's not okay because they don't believe in it I, I was brought in a, f- a Christian family and I just said this is for my own uh, spiritual growth so I want to go and do it for my own self when you look back now yes was it was it positive in your life would you very would very you redo positive it? Yeah. I would I would really encourage people to do it but in terms of actually go go doing it I would simply say make your uh, do your own research in terms of actually finding 
their uh, right school. Mm. And in terms of that would be uh, going to your um, uh, your village elder mm. who would actually know who, which schools have actually been endorsed to actually uh, conduct such ceremonies because there are some people who actually do it for the money. Mm. And as a result, they don't necessarily do the right things. And this is where you start finding people actually uh, dying and so forth. And by the way, if you were to die uh, at, at an initiation, uh, initiation school, you don't get a proper burial, uh, like you get a coffin and stuff like that. No, really. You never come back home. That's mm. the other thing. So mm. those states that you've actually just uh, outlined, the mothers, the, the fathers of those children, um, they're probably just wondering where what would have actually happened to their kids had they not gone and so forth, which is a shame. But at the end of the day, that's basically the rule. So mm. you didn't want to be called an inkwenkwe? No, 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 no. It was no, it not even that. about that. No, <laughs> nobody actually ever called me. I mean, you, you know, I'm very openly gay. And uh, as a result, it, it has never actually bothered me what people say. I just really wanted... I, I, I'm. I find myself actually uh, rooting more into this uh, African spirituality just to understand oh. what is it and what does it really mean to be an African and so forth. So for me, it was just the quest of actually want uh, getting that information. Oh. It was nothing about somebody else or anything of that nature. Man, to Yeah, please, oh. to Nero. Yeah. 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 Uh, firstly, the Huffington Post thing, I also wanted to know if their research is really based on, do they actually go and look, and say, okay, these are bogus schools or these are actual initiation schools, as Lionel said, that have mm. been endorsed. Because the thing is, it ha- there are a lot of bogus initiation schools. And I think most of these deaths, if not all of them, I stand to be corrected, m- must be occurring at these bogus initiation schools. Mm. So, as he said, I mean, people who go should really make an effort to find out, okay, is this a school endorsed Mm -hmm. by the community or is it a bogus initiation school? And I think that's really what the draft bill also wants to regulate because one of the things it aims to do is, you know, to really... Well, let's talk about this draft bill. It's a bill that was... uh that's available, was available for public comment. Mm-hmm. The comment is now closed, so it's going back to the, wherever it's going to go, mm-hmm. to the drafting board. What was the reaction from the public to that? And, and let's talk a bit about what the draft bill is about, what it wants to introduce. Well, I think up, up until the bill, really, there's been provincial acts, uh, like there's one Free, Free State Initiation School Act, mm. which aimed to really deal with things on a provincial level because I think I also mentioned in the article it's quite strategic if you want to deal with things at a provincial level also because we find different cultures and different cultures tend to be in different provinces. So sometimes different uh, regulations would be needed for different schools, you know. But what the bill seeks to do is really create one uniform bill that encompasses everything in all provinces. So that that's one of the aims that it really seeks to achieve. Another one I feel is, is quite important is to have either a traditional surgeon or a medical surgeon mm. uh, perform these tasks. Because mm. I, I also believe with bogus schools, these people aren't equipped to do this. Mm. So that's why we find your deaths. And this is also what kind of inspired me to write this article to say that people shouldn't just... I mean, find these stats online or wherever you go and then say, no, we should do away with these initiation schools. You know, everyone should go to the hospital and get circumcised there because 
I mean, also there's an article I read, and I'd like to link this also with, with what Lionel said. It's mm. by Sakumzi Mfekana. Hopefully I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly. Sakumzi, it's fine. Yeah. Mm. And it's titled Ndin Dota. And he kind of introduces a, you know, African perspective of masculinity. Because in his article, he also argues that in, in, and he's a Tosa, so he writes from a Tosa perspective, and mm. he also personally went to the, the initiation school. And in the article, he also mentions that, as Lionel said, he can't really disclose too much. But he really, it's an interesting take that he has to say that even in his culture, as he's experienced it, there's a different hierarchy of masculinity as opposed to masculinity in the Western sense, where you'd find your straight male, you know, being the alpha at the top of the masculinity scale. Mm. And gay males would essentially fall underneath that. And that is in the the Western perspective of masculinity. But the, the view that he takes here is that there is a hierarchy based on Dean Dota, who went to the initiation school, then you find Inkwenkwe, mm-hmm. uh, who is a person who is uncircumcised, and you find your medical, medically circumcised men, and they all for they are subordinate to Dean Dota, as he explains it. Mm-hmm. And excuse me, but yeah, what he also says is that he would actually experience that a gay man who has gone to initiation school, would still take on the status of Ndin Dota and, you know, then be above an uncircumcised man or a man who was medically circumcised. I stand to be corrected on that. I'd like to hear what Lionel, Lionel's take is on that. You know, what you're saying, you're raising a very important, but personally, I don't believe in such because everybody in my eyes, or we are all equal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what actually happens is that when uh, initiation schools uh, do open, they do invite your, <clears throat> sorry, your, your Western medical doctors to come, but those medical Western doctors have to be initiated because before you get into an initiation school, there are certain codes that you need to utter. Mm-hmm. If you cannot utter them, Believe you me, you're gonna see. Flames. Is it like your clan praise? Yeah, no, no, no. It's oh, not even okay. that. It's the it's the codes that you need. Every man who has been to an initiation school will know the codes. Okay. And there's a language that we normally use in the initiation schools that you would never hear it outside the schools. Mm-hmm. If I were to communicate with somebody who has been, you would not even know what we're talking about because that's a secret code that we would use on a daily basis to communicate. Line, sorry, the initiation school. Encompasses a circumcision. You can't do one. It 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 has to include that. Is that right? Yes. That's what it's about. Yes. So you walk out with a circumcision. Yes. Yeah. But you also come out with more knowledge about being a man, and you get this from not your forty-year-old uh, man or sixty, from sixty upwards, man, who actually teaches you what being a man entails, what does being married really talk about, and when you are a man, how should you carry yourself in your community, just so that you assert that uh, respect that you need to be uh, afforded. And um, there there are several things that they actually go into. It's more of a a school, Mm -hmm. I I would call it. Let's talk about this whole thing from a a child's perspective. Yes. What is the law right now? Kids are being sent there as young as 12. They've got no say in it. If their father drags them there, 
What is the law on that one? Well, the law, in, if you're looking at international law, mm. which the Convention on the Rights of the Child doesn't... Well, it, it says that everyone under the age of 18 is a child, but then certain provisions, as I mentioned earlier, the Section 12 provision, which doesn't give an age at which a child would reach a level of maturity to express their views. And read together with Section 31 of the Convention, which says that a, a child should have the right to participate in cultural life. So internationally, I, I don't think it really says much on it, on the issue. But And this is exactly why we had the African Charter, because... Uh, at the time of the ratification of the convention, uh, which Africa didn't really get to play a huge role w- within those proceedings. So they pro- then proceeded to say, we need a charter which really speaks more to African culture. Because there are certain things in Africa, you know, that happen. That don't apply elsewhere. Yes, absolutely. exactly. Yeah. So because they didn't get the opportunity to really delve into and contribute towards uh, the Convention on the Rights of the Child, they created this this African Charter on the Welfare and Rights of the Child, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And what happened there is they actually, I would expect them to really deal with, you know, male circumcision, Afri- and, specifically, and specifically with level, yeah. Yeah, cultural yeah. male circumcision, they which don't, they yeah. don't, yeah. but they do deal with Issues such as female genital mutilation mm. and as well w- issues such as child marriage, which is strictly prohibited in terms of the charter, the African charter that is. And to me, as I viewed those, those, the convention and the charter together, I think they re, they afforded the legislatures or the drafters of, of these acts, re, like afford, uh, state parties really you know, discretion in that matter because cultural male circumcision, there's really no consensus to say, is it a violation of children's rights? Is it not? I think in different territories it would be, Mm. others it wouldn't be, Mm. especially because medical male circumcision tends to occur at an infant age. So let's talk about the law that the government wants to introduce now. the, The bill. Yeah, the bill. Yeah. That provides... That children between the age of 16 and 18 must obtain written consent from their parents or guardians. Yeah. yeah. So that's what is intended. And it's not yes. intended that a kid really younger, unless it's an infant and you have religious beliefs. Mm. Yes. Like, see, like Jewish people and, yeah. and, and, and Muslim people. Yeah. That's the thing. Okay. The bull, as you say, it, it says children between the ages of 16 and 18 mm. should ob- obtain Consent from parents or guardians yeah. But Then you, you we have the Children's Act Section 12.8 of the Children's Act Which is currently In force and deals with the issue Says mm. that under the Children under the age of 16 May be circumcised If it's for religious Purposes yeah. or medical purposes yeah. Yeah. So in the, argu- in the Article I also argue that Okay I don't think it would necessarily cultural male circumcision would necessarily fall under religious uh, circumcision, which I feel that section twelve actually had to deal with cultural circumcision as well, which mm. it doesn't per se deal with it. But I mean, if you can look, if you really want to justify it and look at it from a medical perspective, 
where you say that, look, a child who has reached the age of maturity as in terms of the CRC, and, I mean, who wants to undergo this, should be afforded the right to, you know, do this. Do you think a child of 12 can really make that decision? Lines? Mm, no, yeah. I, I really don't think And they, a child of 15, can he make that decision? Unless it's more of a peer pressure type of thing Because I've got a younger brother who actually ran um, ran away Just mm. to go to the initiation school Based on uh, what the, the friends were actually saying So as a result, it also depends uh, in terms of where the child is, the environment in which they they grow, uh, they find themselves growing under. Yeah. And secondly, we also need to take into account what is actually being shared amongst the the teenagers themselves. And if this is what they actually talk about, like right now it's winter and the initiation schools are it going to be up years. Yeah. So you'd find that most people, because they don't want to be left out, they would mm. start actually just following their. Peers. Well, I think lines the good news from mm. from my Western perspective is that. The draft, the draft customary initiation bill could become law. There's an uproar from uh, the Eastern Cape House of Traditional Leaders who say that, uh, you know, we shouldn't, the government shouldn't interfere in what is a custom of theirs for for centuries. But anyway, um, government, I think, is going to push this through, De Niro, Mm. and it's going to be regulated. There's got to be a proper doctor there who, or a properly trained person who's registered with whatever. And you won't just have some guy with dirty hands and that's uh, a, chopping off someone's uh, foreskin. Yeah. We need that. Yeah. That's that a, is co- yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Because that's the thing. It also seeks to regulate initiation schools and say, look, initiation schools must be registered. Yes. I think mm. this will also, you know, do away with all these bogus initiation schools that Absolutely. we have. True. Because, yeah. I mean, then less children will lose their lives yes. as well. And I think... That is the main concern probably coming from government is that, you know, people are losing their lives in a ritual that... One life lost. It's, it's, it's a cliche. Yes. So let me ask you, we're running out of time. It's okay. been interesting. I just want to ask you about the uh, Black Lawyers Association yeah. that you research for. Mm. Um, how do you... What is it? What does it do? How do you become a member? Oh. Who can become a <laughs> member? Yeah. I was actually a... Yeah, because of the name, probably. Mm. I was actually in. Sorry, I was very surprised to see that mm. that uh, you don't have to be black to become a member. Yes, yes, yes. and that's that's yeah. the thing. As yeah. the thing black is, and white lawyers <laughs> association. <laughs> but you know, it was it was established in a time when black lawyers really didn't have yes. the opportunities that white lawyers yeah. had. Yes. So, I mean, that is the background against which it's established, mm. and obviously with a new democracy. And the thing is. To be quite frank, the profession is still very untransformed, and that's why we have the Legal Practice Act, which really, you know, wants to uh, transform the, you know, the I, legal profession. I read some stats out a few shows ago, maybe six mm. months ago. So there are so many black lawyers that are coming through the system, um, and, and much more than white lawyers, many, mm. many, many more. Thousands more. So the, the the profession is being transformed. And there's no doubt about that from a university perspective. It's the old white lawyers like myself yeah. that are still around. <laughs> but there is transformation, uh, and that's a fact. Yes, and so far as I mean, if you also consider the demographics, of course, you would then see. Yes, of uh, course, there's there's more black people in South Africa. So yeah. I mean, it should there, be. Yeah, yeah, there should be more graduates, which yeah. is is a good thing. But also coming to the profession and the institution around which it's built. And you know, as the Black Lawyers Association, really, we we t- we want to challenge. Not that I'm, I'm still at heart a member, but I'm no longer a member of the student 
uh, well, you know that they'll be so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but what we seek to do. You do recommend that people become members of the association. I and would, what does it offer them, really? Lawyers, between and candidate yeah. lawyers as well. Mm-hmm. Candidate. Attorneys. I would. I would definitely look. I mean, there is a mother body as well. If you now done with your degree and you're no longer a student, mm. you can join the mother body. But I would definitely recommend it as a student. I mean, this is an organization which, to me, really cultivated my leadership skills. And when I joined the branch in Porchestrom Northwest University, when I joined there, I really, you know, learned what it is like to be a leader. And the thing is, what I realized with most students, while that was at our university, like, you go to class, you go home, yeah, it's it's over, you know, yeah. but... This like, keeps you Yes, involved. with the organization. We also, like, when I was the legal researcher at branch level, I tried to really, you know, have us host talks that are really relevant mm-hmm. to today's lawyers and also... Okay. Yeah. Sorry, we need to okay. cut. Very yeah. quickly, you, you're presently with a law firm? Yes, You want yes. to talk about, you want to give their name out or uh, did they ask you not to? No, they didn't ask me not to. Would you prefer not to? Yes. Okay, cool. (laughs) Many thanks for coming through. I know you made a sacrifice and it was tight for you today, but uh, your boss let you or you and your boss discussed it and you came through. It's been great. And uh, Lance, thanks to you as well on this very one. Thank you. We'll see you again. Danira Kaufman. Yeah. K-O-F-F-M-A-N. Yes. Cool. Thanks so much. And to our listeners, please don't go away. We've got a great segment coming up mm-hmm. uh, we're going to keep you uh, in suspense mm-hmm. we'll be right back this is cliffcentral.com